Let's talk about protecting your gift with focus. taboo to talk about being gifted because most people who are gifted are concerned that if they talk about being gifted that other people will think that they are arrogant or that they are full of themselves so on and so forth if you have a problem with someone identifying as gifted you probably don't want to listen to this episode if that's a struggle for you, if you have a problem admitting that you have giftedness, you probably do not want to listen to this episode. It's probably not for you. And I'm not just saying that, I mean, I, do, I mean, people make podcasts because they want people to listen. So I'm just saying that it's going to be uncomfortable for you if you are uncomfortable with the idea that you might be gifted or that other people are gifted. So let's establish, in my humble opinion, everybody is gifted. Everybody is gifted to do something. It might be that you are naturally gifted at doing something. You were born gifted. God gave you a gift. It also might be that as a result of practice, as a result of tenacity, as a result of focus, you become gifted at some particular thing. This is for you. I'm talking to you specifically. However you got to a space and a place of giftedness doesn't matter to me. If you're gifted, you're gifted. Now, let me get my own testimony. There are some things that inherently I am gifted at because of who I am, where I'm from, who God designed for me to be. I have, as a result of those realities, created patterns in my life to become more gifted as a result of being focused, being committed, repetition, et cetera, et cetera. When I realized that I was gifted at something, and the reality is that some of the things that we are gifted at, we learned that we were gifted at those things as a result of affirmation from other people, people that we like, people that like us, our enemies, bosses at our respective jobs, whatever. That's how we learned about our giftedness. In my particular case, I learned about my giftedness as a result of God's affirmation because some things that I realized that I was good at at a very young age, I didn't have the confidence to really go out and be and do. It took God to cultivate the gift on the inside of me so that when I was ready to face the world with this giftedness, then I was like, I'm ready. There are also some things that I realized that over time as a result of my dedication, my trying, uh, uh, my flirting with things repeatedly, 
that I became gifted in some things. I always have had an eye for design, but I didn't really begin to design until I was pushed to do so as a result of having to fulfill a professional responsibility that I didn't have. I had to teach myself. Over time, my capacity to learn helped me to realize that I was able to learn so easily because it was an area for which God had gifted me. Before I had the skill set, I had the eye. When I got the skill set, the eye and the skill set got together, had a meeting, decided that they could work together. And then as a result of those realizations, God affirmed and shined on my gifting. There is nothing wrong with being gifted. There is nothing wrong with admitting that you are gifted. We are all gifted at something. Me, I have been gifted by God with the gift of administration. I know that. I have an eye for design. I know that. I am called to preach. I know that. I have a keen understanding of God's word as a result of what God has put in me, who God has put around me, et cetera, et cetera. And so for a long time, and this is somewhat of a testimony, but I want to encourage you in the process. For a long time, I grew up in an environment where if you got a gift, it was for other people as much as it was for you. So for instance, we learned to pray for things by saying, God, if you give me a car, the gift of a car, I will in turn use that car to drive other people around. That's how we were taught about gifting. God, if you give me strength, I will use that strength to go and exert it on other people, etc. So we formalize this idea about gifting as if, in order to show gratitude to God and to those who bestow the gift upon us, then we have to reuse it or recycle it to benefit other people. And I think that's a good practice in general, right? Like we're not gifted just to be gifted. Like we're gifted for a purpose, generally to serve other people, right? The problem comes in when we don't know how to faithfully, meticulously, wisely distribute what we are gifted at. And as a result of that, we just give more and more and more of ourselves to the extent that people use us, that we overexert ourselves, we deplete ourselves of energy and strength and faith and possibility. Like we are just emptied out because we're taught that if you have a gift, you have to give it to everybody. If you know how to sing, you got to sing every time they ask you. If you know how to do graphic design, you got to do the graphic design because somebody needs it and you have a gift to do it. And if you don't do it, then nobody else will. That's what people tell you. I want to say to you, that you are called to protect your gift. Now, sometimes you hear people say, protect your anointing, protect this, protect that. And they don't tell you what to protect it with. So not only do I want you to protect your gift, but I want you to protect your gift with focus.
And the reason why I'm saying that is that the better you get, the more you will be sought after for your gift. A couple of years ago, and at the time, like I didn't really know how to process this. I'm not going to say the name, but there's a, uh, the person is now deceased, but they were a national evangelist in the Church of God in Christ. Some of you will know what that means. And I was speaking to somebody about like how cool it would be to have this person come and minister at my church. And the person said, um, oh, we've invited that person a number of times. And every time that we've invited the person, they will never come. They will never come. That's what the person said. And so in exploring that, I asked somebody else, I'm like, is it true that such and such won't come to preach at our church? And the person said, yeah, because the person, this it was Joyce Rogers. Sorry, y'all. And, 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 and God, forgive me if this is not true and this is just hearsay. I'm just going by what folks told me and I believe. And I honor the late Joyce Rogers for this, if it, if it is indeed true. What they said was, Joyce Rogers prays about where she will go at the beginning of the year. And this is sort of at the height of her ministry, not to say that there was some low points or anything like that. But I assume, for me, from my perspective, this is at the height of her ministry. And she said, I don't go everywhere. But if I pray about where I go, and then God tells me to go, then I go. And at the time, I was like, you know, you're, you're, I mean, I grew up in the church, but kind of young in the faith. I couldn't understand that. I wasn't really operating in ministry at the time. And from my perspective, if you're a preacher and somebody invites you to preach and you ain't got anything on your calendar, you go. I mean, what would prohibit you from going anywhere? Like, you got to go, right? So, George Rogers said, I don't, I, 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 accordingly, someone, according to someone, she said that she, didn't just go anywhere. Growing up, particularly in ministry, particularly it's centered around my gifting, I realized that what Joyce Rogers was doing was she was protecting her gift with focus. It wasn't that the space where she was invited to represented something anti her ministry. It was just that she was... Uh, using her time, her talent, her giftedness. She was channeling it, it channeling it, excuse me, um, for the specific purpose of um, having the maximum impact. And she determined what the maximum impact was by asking God to show her where to go and where not to go. Now, it was not God's will for her to come to the particular church where I go to, because if it was, she would have came. That's what I'm going to say. I said all that to say that just because you are gifted in an area does not mean that you have to do everything that people think that you have to do. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that you have to take every job. It doesn't mean that you have to answer every call. It doesn't mean, and sometimes we're led to believe that if we say no, in relation to our gifting, then we are somehow being ungrateful to God for the gift that he has given us. And it's just not true. You can't go everywhere. I appreciate this. I was on a phone call with someone yesterday and we were talking about preaching appointments and where we were preaching and so on and so forth. And something had come to my mind about an opportunity that I thought that that person should have. 
And I was saying to the person, like, I hope that you were invited to participate in this particular opportunity. And she said, no, I was invited, but I had a previous engagement with somebody who's important in my life. And it was important for me to be um, committed to that person and that engagement. Therefore, I couldn't go to where I was invited to go. Another example, it wasn't that she was saying, oh, no, I'm too good for that opportunity or they don't pay enough or my giftedness is bigger than that assignment. She realized that bigger than her assignment was a relationship that she was a part of. So she protected her gifts with focus, right? Because the, the, the accepting of that ministry opportunity could have been at the expense of a relationship that God ordained, right? And you are, I don't care how gifted you are, I don't care how well you can preach, how well you can sing, how well you can talk, how well you can design, whatever it is that you are gifted to do, none of that is as important as your integrity, your word, your commitment to your family and your friends and people around you, your commitment to doing what you say it is that you're going to do. So Joyce Rogers said, I'm committed to where God leads me. The friend that I'm speaking of said, I'm committed to whatever I identify to be my priority based on a vow or a commitment that I made to God and an important person in my life. What I'm saying is, if you do everything that people ask you to do, you will not live a focused life. And everybody wants to be T.D. Jakes. Everybody wants to preach everywhere. Everybody wants to be um, uh, uh, um, have mega impact. But you know where T.D. Jakes is on most Sundays. Now, people want to hear preaching on Sunday. But nine times out of ten, if you want to hear T.D. Jakes on a Sunday, he's going to be at his church. Because that's where God has called him to minister. It would be irresponsible for him to be making a movie or on TV when God has called him to pastor. So when he is positioned with the opportunity to do things that are not in alignment with who God called him to do, he has to protect his gift with focus. I'm getting ready to give you the best example ever. Okay, there is absolutely no topic that the Bible does not hit on, that the Bible cannot influence our thinking on. Okay, here we go. Mark, I'm going to read from the Gospel of Mark, the sixth chapter. This is not preaching. I'm not preaching. This is a podcast. Relax. Mark, the sixth chapter. Here's what it says. And he, Jesus, went out from thence and came into his own country. Now listen here. Came to his own country came to his hometown, and his disciples were with him. Verse 2 says, And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence has this man known these things? And what wisdom is this 
which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hand. Verse 3, is this not the carpenter, the, the, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and of Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? Don't they kick it with us? Ain't, ain't we in the same neighborhood? Don't we go to the same church? Don't we work at the same, don't we go to the same Safeway in the community? Ain't this Joseph's son? The, 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 the carpenter, and they were offended by him. Do y'all hear me? Y'all hear me? They were offended by Jesus. He was teaching in the synagogue, and the Bible says that everybody who heard him was astonished. But then folks start saying, wait a minute, this, there's a familiarity about him. Isn't this Mary and Joseph's son? And here's what Jesus said in verse 4. This is chapter 6, verse 4 of the Gospel of Mark. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. Verse 5, and he could there do no mighty works, save that he laid hands upon a few sick folk and healed them, and he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went round about the village doing what? He went round about the village teaching. Now, what does that have to do with protecting? your gifting with focus. When Jesus went to his own hometown and realized, he realized that although he had the gift to lay hands and the sick would recover, although he could do anything, although he is God in the flesh, when he realized that where he was, they could not handle his gifting, he didn't keep doing it just because. He protected his gift with focus. Now, he did not stop teaching. I love this. I love this. The Bible does not say that he left as soon as they doubted. He laid hands on a few folks and kept teaching. His gifting was to see six folks healed, according to this scripture. And he was gifted to teach. But his gifting or the distribution of his gifting was handicapped by those people's faith. So guess what he did? He protected his gifting by focusing and getting on out of the way. Now, if Jesus knew how to protect his gifts, what makes us think that we got to give everything to everybody all the time? You do not. You can't tell me. I don't care. Listen, listen, I'm going to stop because I, I feel a, 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 what do you call that when people say I feel a preach coming on? I'm not here to preach. You can't give everything that you have to everybody. And let me say this. When I'm talking, when I'm doing these podcasts, I don't separate it from what God has called me to do is preach. I'm not denying his call to preach. I'm talking about Jesus right now. Whatever it is that is inside of you, it is not meant to be lawfully distributed to people who cannot receive it. Your gifting is attached to purpose. Your giftedness is attached to timing. Your giftedness might even be attached to a certain group of people. But what makes it most powerful is the way that you use it. You can't give everybody what you got because you got it. 
you got to learn how to pace yourself. And that's really what God is saying. Quit overdoing it for the sake of other people. Listen, some of you, you work on jobs where people know that you are gifted. Hear me. And they manipulate your giftedness for the sake of that company. They misuse your giftedness and you want to be needed so bad that you position yourselves to be used by people who have no intent to honor your gift. They got you doing two jobs, your job and somebody else's job. And you do it because you want to feel valuable. You want to feel like you're part of the team. You want to feel like you saved the day. Meanwhile, they're benefiting from it because you have not said, pay me what I'm worth. Now, I'm not saying be arrogant. I'm not saying be arrogant. I'm not saying be arrogant. What I'm saying is, if where you're at now helps you to see that you are gifted in a particular area, that doesn't mean stay there and be used. Consider this. Maybe God is using where you are currently at, hear me now, where you are currently at to expose a gift in you that can be properly compensated somewhere else. And so listen, I'm speaking to the person who's listening to this right now. This is from heaven to you. This is not me rehearsing anything. This is from heaven to you. The reason why you need a professional to look at your resume, the reason why you need to be serious about your performance evaluation when they ask you to talk about yourself is because you need to know that everything that God put in you is for the building and the betterment of the kingdom of God. And that he's giving you natural gifts to impact the marketplace and the kingdom of God. And he did not give them to you so that somebody could misuse you. He gave them to you so that you could use them with focus. That's why he gave them to you, so that you could use them with focus. And so you cannot be a victim of one system's affirmation. Yes, they told you you were worthy, and one day you'll be, somebody was telling me a couple of weeks ago, and I'm not saying this out of arrogance at all, but I have been doing something effectively from my perspective and theirs. I have been doing something effectively. And when it was time to make something more permanent, I'm trying to tell my business, or that person said to me, I believe that you can do this. You just need a strong mentor or something like that. And God had already shown me that he had given me the tools to be able to do it while they were identifying somebody else, but he was preparing me for something new. When the person told me that they believed that I could one day be something, God said, that's not what I told you. 
And I want to let you know that you are qualified for what God qualifies you for, no matter if you have the experience, no matter who affirms you, no matter if you got the degree for it, you are qualified. The people don't qualify you. Particularly if you are deciding in your heart that you are going to be in alignment with whatever God's will is for your life. Listen to me. Nobody can circumvent the plan of God. And you might not have finished your degree. You might not have finished your, your, your certificate program. You might not have updated your resume. Your LinkedIn might not be complete. You might have started at the community college and then had six kids. I don't care what has happened in the process. Whatever God's will is for your life, nobody, nobody, nobody can get in the will of that, can get in the way of that. God's will is God's will. And so it's important to know what God believes about you. Not what your boss believes about you, not necessarily what your spouse believes about you, not what your mama told you when you were three. You gotta know what God says about you so that you can take that in your heart and you can project that to the world. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? That's who you are called to be. So you are gifted. You are called, you are chosen. He's identified you for this particular time, for the people that you are interacting with, but also he's got greater for you. But you've got to believe beyond the current system that you're in. If somebody got to make you mad on your job in order for you to look for a new job, you, you're not thinking right. If you serve God and he has a cattle on a thousand hills. There's nothing impossible for him. He has everything, control of everybody. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Then why in the world would you need to struggle and stay somewhere for 50 years because you're scared to apply for another job because somebody said you're underqualified? Think about that. Listen, let me quit. I can't even remember what my subject was. Father, we thank you for this time, this fellowship. We pray, God, that this word does not fall on deaf ears and that the person who listens to this podcast, God, will be encouraged to go further in you, to pursue you, to seek you, and to protect, God, what you have given them, the gift that you have given them. In Jesus' name, amen.